Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal Show, presented by ebodyboarding.com and Tribe Boards. On today's episode... There was a time where I was trying to renegotiate a contract Yeah. and told him this was my livelihood, and he's like, fuck that. If anybody's trying to make a life, a living out of bodyboarding, you're fucked. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, what is he talking about? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Real Deal Show. Jay Real here. And the man sitting next to me might be familiar to you. He is, let's call him the king of all bodyboarding media. <laughs> you know, I think Howard Stern got the, the term king of all media, yeah. but you're the king of bodyboarding media. This is none other than Manny Vargas. How's it going this morning, Manny? Pretty good. And don't worry, I, I am not wearing chaps uh, showing my ass like Howard did. But uh, no, I appreciate you taking the time um, and sitting down with me. Well, I had to sit down with you because, Manny, I was on your podcast a few years ago, maybe three years ago, I'm not sure. Um, and you interviewed me, you interviewed my wife, and I thought, has anybody ever interviewed Manny on a podcast? Has that ever happened? Oh, my gosh. Um, not necessarily a podcast. Um, Mumbles, uh, Dion out in South Africa, he had a, uh, like a, a little short clips, and he asked me a few questions. But as far as a podcast or a show, um, gosh, I don't know. Well, uh, okay. Let's say this is your first <laughs> ever podcast. Yes, I, I hold that distinction. So... You know, Manny has interviewed so many people. I've listened to your podcast for a long time. By the way, it's called Book Life, right, Manny? You want to yep. give a plug to your podcast? Yeah, uh, booklife.com. It started about, uh, gosh, three years ago. And um, I was on the fence of doing it. And then uh, some Australian guy, Dan Taylor, he's like, Manny, fucking do it. You, I'll be your first guy. And, um, and he's still there. And I'm stoked. Right on. Yeah. Um, so... You know, there's also Le Boogie, and there's Riptide's on a podcast. Patty Serrano even did one many, many years ago. I don't know if you remember that. Maybe 12 years ago, she yeah. used to do a, a podcast series. So this is a well-worn path, but just a new twist on it. But what I wanted to do, Manny, is kind of talk about your whole existence. Let's say going all the way back to your early days in Imperial Beach, growing up in the southwestern corner of the United States, yeah. and here you are today in 2021, an entrepreneur with several different businesses running right now that you, you know, you've basically built from the ground up. So let's start with your beginnings. You know, you, you're from Imperial Beach. You have a huge family. Talk about that. Yeah, uh, your typical traditional Mexican family. There was thirty kids in my. I'm kidding. There were seven. <laughs> <laughs> there were seven boys. Uh, both my parents um, were together, you know, until my uh, dad passed away about five years ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, we were pretty pretty deep as far as having siblings, um, and it was the one two above me that brought home a Mori Boogie one thirty nine Red Edge with two skegs on the bottom. And, uh, and I was in full little league baseball mode. I was ready to be a pro baseball player. Cause that's what my dad wanted out of, he had one in seven chance to have wow. one of his boys to become a baseball player. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so I was, you know, next in line to go that route. 
But then uh, I got my hands on a boogie board. Hold on. What position? What was your specialty in baseball? Uh, infield, either mostly shortstop, uh, but that would transition between second and shortstop. But uh, shortstop was, was my position. Okay. So you were quick. You were yeah, quick. But yeah. then the boogie came into the picture. Yeah, I mean, that was it. Uh, but really quick to baseball, I mean, it was awesome because I, my mentors were Ozzie Smith, uh, Gary Templeton, and uh, later on, you know, I just kept looking at the players in that position. So I really wanted to go that route. But, uh, yeah, my brother brought home that boogie board, and I took it to the beach. And I don't know what it was, but it, it, it must have been just that feeling of, being able to take this re- free raw energy, lay down and have it push you all the way to the beach. I'm like, oh, my God, that was freaking awesome. So, um, yeah, I just started going to the beach more and more and more. And by, you know, I was still doing Little League, all-star team, doing all, you know, every every uh, Vargas that went through Imperial Beach Little League, we held the home run title. I, I had it my <laughs> last year. Um, uh, but we were all, we were all destined to go that route, but you know, life, my yeah. brothers found girlfriends, um, uh, Navy, uh, uh, sorry, army. And for me, it was the beach. So the beach got into the way of me becoming a, a baseball player. Well, where do you fall in the band of brothers, so to speak? Are you in the middle? Yeah, there's, so, uh, there's one younger. Okay. And, um, he just left the house at 44 two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> Mom must be doing something <laughs> great to keep him at home. That well, long, right? Mexican tradition says the youngest has to be home. Oh, right okay. Uh, but because there's the situation that we have at our house now, he was able to 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 go and, and follow his heart to Montana. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but he's not a beach guy, so he's not going to miss the beach. Okay. Uh, so he's he's uh, he's good. He's he's happy. Got so it. there's one younger. Me and then everybody else is older, between three to four years apart. And were you the only one that got into the beach? There was a one of my older brothers. He he got into uh, surfing and kneeboarding. Oh. And uh, but it was just more like just to pass the time. Got and it. And it was like that for me too. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I realized that it's it was a sport. And I think from the very beginning, I was all inspired by you know Mike Stewart. Uh, ben Severson, that rivalry, uh, but it was Kisasaki that his style and his the like the way he was carrying himself in you know what was the magazine was showing me yeah was like shit I want to be like that I my was, old roommate by yeah, the way yeah yeah so yeah Keith uh, Keith was my mentor even though he probably doesn't even know it but uh, growing up everything was like trying to be be like that. And, um, and so drop knee was, was my forte from, from the get go. Um, and then, yeah, that was, that was the beginning. So you were growing up in Imperial beach and there was a really strong crew of young bodyboarders there that you were connected with John Gabrielson. And, uh, it seems like Paul Corona, Manny Machado, and I don't remember the other names, but you guys yeah. had a tight crew, right? Yeah, it was, uh, I think we were all like 12, 13-year-olds. Um, the IB guys, the guys who were, who were in IB, Manny Machado, Jackie Fisher, myself, um, Ty Chamberlain, Danny Tatilla, Miguel Fernandez, Carlos Mendez. There was uh, a bunch more, but that was the IB crew. Uh, there was a town about 15 minutes just east, Chula Vista, mm-hmm. Bonita, 
um, there was a, they showed up with their boogie boards and they hung out in front of this hotel that was just north of the Imperial beach pier. And, uh, for me, I was like, Oh, there's more, there's more bodyboarders. So I, I made that initial, um, you know, contact contact. I'm like, Hey, let's, let's all freaking bodyboard together. And all of a sudden we, we doubled in size as the IB bodyboarding crew, the Imperial beach bodyboarding crew. So, um, I lived, I think at that time I lived pretty close to the beach, closer than anybody. So my mom's house became the, the, the epicenter of everybody in Chula Vista and even IB, they would, uh, my mom's old pigeon cage. It was <laughs> awesome. I don't know. It was maybe like six feet tall and like so, so much wide, but it could store like, uh, maybe 20 bodyboards in there. So everybody would leave their gear. In the pigeon cage. They- <laughs> Perfect. And I think <laughs> I cleaned out most of the shit, but, uh, some of the, some of the boards were still in pigeon shit, uh, when they picked them up. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome because I, I never missed a session because if I was sleeping in, uh, somebody like Miguel Fernandez would knock on my window. Next thing I know I'm walking, we're walking towards the beach. So it was pretty cool to have that there, but, um, yeah, our crew was pretty solid Yeah, and, and it was awesome to roll up to these events deep because we knew a good amount of us are going to make it to the final, um, and it was awesome because uh, we would roll up to like San Clemente. San Clemente had their crew, right? Alan Sloan, uh, Jason Groves. Um, you know, gosh, there's so yeah, many. Yeah, I know the names. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are still out there. Yeah. You know, on yeah. on the weekends in the summer at T Street. But, but even Oceanside yeah. had a crew. Yep. Um, you know, Pismo Beach had a crew. So it was awesome to go to these places as a crew and meet those other guys. And it was. Back then, yeah, it was competition, um, but at the same time, we all like hung out and like got to know each other. And next thing you know, we have friends, and that's that. I think that is what really stoked me out. Is like, holy crap, you're gonna meet other people that love the sh- same stuff you do. Yep. And in the end, it's gonna be uh, one of those life lifelong friendships. Right. Yeah. And so you know, you did the competition thing at a young age. You you got into it. You had your little crew, and then. At some point, you turned into a professional bodyboarder. How did that happen? Um, so I was totally into it, 13 through 16. Uh, I think we were all into it. And um, and for me to open up the magazines and see everybody that, you know, that were I was meant, like, I was looking up to and seeing them at these big, you know, national events or international events, I'm like, wow, these guys are doing it, traveling the world, you know, and that's all they do. That's their job. That's their livelihood. So um, I'm like, maybe I can do that. I'll just stick to what I'm doing and keep competing. And back then I was a I was pretty competitive. You know, I my goal was to win. Uh, And it sucked to have guys like Paul Roach and Brian Press and Brian Wise in my heats because they were fierce competitors. But at the same time, I was trying to make sure that I was on par with them at that age. Um, and then what signaled that the the one thing that triggered that this is a possibility was when I turned 18 and Tubes sent me a $200 check and said, welcome to the team. Just out of the blue, no contract no, no, or anything? No, I was amateur. I was sponsored by them with, as an amateur. They were giving me free boards. It came with a contract. 
but that $200 check yeah. was like, holy shit. And now is... I'm getting paid to bodyboard. Yeah. and uh, Dreams to come true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that $200 check, I wish I would have taken a photo of it or whatever and held on to that because that was the beginning of, gosh, you know, a 20-year uh, – actually, no, until now. Yeah. That was the beginning. So thank you, Ben and Buzz over at Tubes for making that happen. But if you know Tubes and you know Buzz, um, you know, there was a thing walking about. And um, But I think what he was worried about is people losing sight of what surfing was all about or wave riding was all about. Oh, right. That, that He's was, one of those old school guys. Yeah. It's like, man, the commercialization. Exactly. a bunch of BS, right? Yeah. But, but that actually helped me too because uh, I didn't want to lose that. I didn't want to lose the purpose of bodyboarding, uh, riding waves. Yeah. Because you can get lost and you can go that route where it's like you're doing it for a different reason and that's just get a paycheck. Right. But for me, um, I took note and made sure that every experience that I had during bodyboarding was something that's going to be, you know, cherished and, um, you know, something very valuable. Yeah. Well, by the way, Tubes, the name, yeah. you know, two Bs, Ben and Buzz were the guys that started it, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. they thought two Bs, Tubes. Yep. Right? A lot yeah. of people don't know that little factoid. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it worked. It worked because tubes, it did. You, everybody wants tubes. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, so you had this career in pro bodyboarding and you started spending your winters on the North Shore. We all did that when we were pro yeah. bodyboarders. And that was sort of life changing for you, I think. You somehow latched on to the South African crew. I, I notice in your podcast, you have a real affinity for those days, spending sure. the days pulling into giant closeout shore break. How did that come about? Yeah, uh, awesome question. Um, going to the North Shore with your friends is one thing because you got your little your little crew that you're hanging out with. But if you go alone, which started to happen towards the end, because um, a lot of my IB guys, they you know life, you know they weren't getting the paycheck from tubes. They weren't the the drive to keep bodyboarding was uh was you know dwindling because they had to get a real job they had to pay bills they had to do that and so did i but i had the for the you know the fortunate uh luck of being able to still make ends meet but still be there so the once i started going on my own that's when i um i was i'm like latched onto the South Africans because they were the fir- they were the ones that reminded me of the IB guys because the IB guys we were pushing each other uh, on the bigger stuff we fucked around with each other doing like pranks and jokes on each other and having a good camaraderie there of pushing each other in the surf but also pushing each other's buttons which is you know part <laughs> of it right so I latched onto that and um, and it was awesome because I got to meet a, a pretty solid crew Billy Thiel Hayden. Thiel, uh, gosh, the Cockwells, the, the long, the list is long. Sure. And, um, and for me that was, they became like family. Yeah. Uh, especially when I, when I go away from home, I've never moved or lived outside of Imperial beach ever. Um, and then when I moved to moved for four, three to four months on the North shore, they were my family. Yes. And, um, and the other thing about, uh, those guys was, and girls was uh, they knew the value uh, because they were coming from an apartheid. They were coming from a, a, a country that 
you know, respect was on the top of the list of uh, being a human. Yep. So to be able to connect with some a group like that that had the same characteristics of the group that I just came from, which was, you know, uh, give respect at the same time, enjoy and take take life for for all it's worth. So that respect thing was uh, another another key thing uh, to be able to latch on to the South Africans. Um, I know there's a lot of other bodyboarders out there that have that too, but uh, the timing was for me to line up with those guys. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how that happened. And so you you had a great career as a pro bodyboarder. You get to travel a lot, obviously. Yeah. You got yeah. to hang with some great people, have some amazing experiences. And how did that morph into you becoming an announcer for yeah. the – APB, IBA, yeah. whatever it's called, IBC now. Well, yeah. you haven't done anything. IBC hasn't really gotten off the ground yet. Yeah. But yeah, how did that all come about? Um, I think, I don't know 100% for sure what that how that came about, but I know the timing may have been pointing to the fact that I started this, uh, the internet started becoming more, uh, I guess, uh, efficient with being able to stream live. Yep. So I grasped onto that and there was a, there was a platform. Gosh, I forgot what it was called, but, uh, um, I started doing these live bodyboarding shows, uh, called bodyboarding live. Ross McBride, Roach, uh, Mike Lapeer, Lou, uh, Lou Down, yes, uh, Omar Leone, this whole little... I remember those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. It was There's a shit a lot show. of beer drinking. Yes, it was freaking chaos. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, was, it was pretty much just an extension of no friends. Sure. You know, yeah. it's like we're, we're just showcasing the lifestyle of things, and it was awesome because um, uh, I had guys like Mike Lapeer who would come on and be a part of it uh, because I couldn't do it all on my own. Right. But I was directing it and making sure stuff was happening uh, on Bodyboarding Live. And I think at that time, uh, I may have just backed off a little bit because the shows were still available to to watch. But um, I started looking at, okay, this this is not profitable. I'm not paying because I was married and I had to make sure I was bringing in my my share. Sure. So um, you spend a lot of time on it, not I, getting any financial exactly gain out of it. So you probably said, I got to find a better way to use my time where I can yeah. generate income, right? And I think that's uh, just shortly after I you know threw in the hat on that. Uh, I get a call from uh, Greg Taylor and a couple other guys who were pushing for the um, the IBA to come out and uh, do do a world tour, but uh, they wanted to do a prototype, a test run with the an event at the Front, uh, Fronton on 2010, and they called me up because I think you know people were people knew that I had this live show going on. I think we did close to 40 shows. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was that was it was work and a lot of time. Heck yeah. But I think because of that, um they saw that I was already on the mic, I was already speaking on the mic. I can, you know, be okay in front of the camera. Sure. So they're like, "Well, this guy's doing that. Why don't we why don't we give him a shout and give him a try?" And that was uh, October 2010. Next thing I know, I'm on a plane to the Canary Islands and uh, and that's how that started. And it was pretty cool. Uh it was uh, Red Bull God, uh, I'm not going to go deep into details, but uh, <laughs> yeah, after that show, which was, I think, on Red Bull, um, I think Red Bull on YouTube, uh, 
were fighting for the contract of the IBA. Oh. And the people in charge uh, went with uh, YouTube because it, the numbers looked better quicker. But I think in the... The long run, it would yeah. have been better. But you don't to know. To stick with Red Bull, who that, knows? Yeah, yeah, it's all hindsight. But that's how that whole chapter started. Yeah, so you did announcing on the World Bodyboarding Tour for how many years? Uh, I think uh, 2011 and 2012 were the first full two full years. And um, I do have to say um, that if, you know, I'm, I'm more color. I can talk about uh, what it was like partying with, you know, Jeff Hubbard. <laughs> and I can yeah. I know I can talk about his style and everything, but it's guys like uh, like you and uh, Action Jackson who would come on as co-hosts. And we um, that complimentary uh, commentating worked awesome because yeah. the history would, would come in from that angle. But, um, but it was, uh, it was, it was two years, 2011, 2012. And then, um, maybe 2014 and 15 or 13 and 14 where the APB, uh, came, yep. uh, reignited as the world tour. And that was, it was awesome. It was awesome to be able to work with. So, I mean, so much work goes into these events that a lot of people don't see. And so when I hear a complaint that the audio isn't, you know, good, I'm like, fuck, do you know how much time it just took yeah. to get to this point? I mean, sure. the running Ethernet cables from like 200 yards away just to be able yeah. to have Internet on this fucking island. Nobody understands the, no. the nitty gritty yeah. right? The behind the scenes. Yeah. And uh, God, man, Alex Leone and uh, Tezza McKenna were the two hardest working people I've seen you know, put their heart and soul and sweat into making something happen. Sure. And, uh, it, and it just sucks when uh, people don't see that amount of work yeah. that goes into it. Well, you know, I did one event in 2013 in Rio. I did oh, the yeah. Rio Pro with Steve Jackson, and I saw the, the infrastructure involved yeah. in just the webcast yeah. side of things. It was insane. Yeah. So, I mean, you you saw it every time. It's Yeah. It's insane. People don't realize it. Yeah. So you know? so when we drop the feed, if you only knew <laughs> what the panic, the panic that oh, goes yeah. on. I mean, there's sure. uh, there's like in Chile, there's one director. I swear when the, the feed dropped, uh, I think I heard maybe 30 F-bombs in like 15 seconds. <laughs> it was in Spanish. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's it's intense, man. Yeah. Um, and I give props to the. Uh, snakes and ladder crew from the IBA days. The, right. Those guys were super professional, and they, uh, with an open checkbook, yeah, they, they picked the right guys right. to be able to put this thing together. And um, I mean, if if I win the lottery, you know, millions of dollars, I would be hiring that crew again because they were solid. Uh, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was an awesome run. Yeah, I, I hope the IBC does come about again. Cause um I would like to I would like to choose which events to go to sure um but uh, that was that those are fun yeah you know those are fun and I love being able to uh to talk about what I see you yeah know, that's all we're doing is just talking about what we see happening in front of us okay yeah so we're gonna do this as a two parter I'm gonna wrap this one up oh yeah and then we're gonna continue on so. Folks, that's it for part one. Let me we're talk gonna, about this real quick. No, talk. we're gonna pick up part two like right now. Oh, perfect. I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. end part one. Got it. 
And uh, you can watch part two whenever you want. So thanks again to Manny V for part one. Folks, uh, click around, give your uh, likes and comments on the YouTube version. And uh, for the audio podcast, listen in for part two. We're going to get into more stuff shortly. All right. See ya. Yeah.